with eggs and flour and bake me for 40 minutes. Hello and welcome to Screen Masters with me, Bav. And me, Fluff. And this week it's a TV version. Version? No, it's a TV episode. That's what the word I was actually looking for. Um, I have no immortal words to go to this time. I, I nearly did a S Club 7 thing, but I it was tenuous. It was tenuous. It was tenuous. But uh, don't worry, guys. They're, they're coming back. I just... I didn't research once this time to be really crap intro, so I'm sorry. I know, I know. Down. So the reason everyone listens is those really yeah, crap it, yeah. beginnings <laughs> that I do. Um, but yes, we're back for another TV episode, and this week we're going to be uh, looking at uh, anime and picking our top three. Um, but first, uh, just a quick bit of housekeeping, all the usual bits and pieces. I'm just pushing everyone now to facebook.com forward slash the screen masters at the top of the page pinned there, um, is a link which will take you to the YouTube channel where you can listen to the podcasts. We'll take you to Patreon if you want to support the Bikeback Media Network that we're a part of. As we've said before, we, we don't get paid for this, and we won't get paid for this for quite some time, I would imagine. Um, it's to pay Wayne, who is the man who knocks this into shape and makes it sound uh, half-decent uh, for you guys. So we just want to make sure he's got enough tea, basically. He drinks quite a lot of tea. Um, so, yes, uh, go to facebook.com forward slash the screen masters. Send us a message through that or click on any of the links that you want to get to where you need to be. Uh, again, I'll mention it on this one and then won't. Uh, going forwards, we have changed podcast networks. So, if you were uh, had a follow link on Spotify or Apple or any of that stuff, you will have to go and refind us. Search for screen masters as two separate words and it should come up on most platforms. Um, if you're having trouble with any of it, obviously, again, go to the Facebook page, let us know, and then we're aware uh, where the problems lie and we can make sure things get up there. Um, so, yeah, there's my housekeeping. I'm going to throw it over to you now because yeah, so uh, uh, I think you've got some news. For yeah, us. we've got a little bit of news, which uh, we didn't really cover much uh, on the news front in the previous one. So there's a couple of bits of movie news. Uh, as usual, we do emphasise mainly on the comic book side of things. So whether this is stuff that you've been uh, privy to, I know uh, usually I read most of this uh, most of this stuff before you do. So a couple of bits on the movie side. One uh, is that Ant-Man 3 has pretty much been added to the Marvel oh, slate really? now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, any, as, any subtitle or anything? No, 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 no. It's uh, very early days at this moment in time. It's mm. essentially just been added to the slate. There's no real release date. or All we know by the looks of things is that Peyton Reed is going to be coming back to direct. Okay. Obviously, we're assuming that um, that you know the, 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 the same cast of previous is going to be returning. Yeah. We shall see. Time time will tell on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how that I enjoyed happen. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought that was yeah. an enjoyable... Escapade. I yeah. don't think there was a huge amount of depth to it, but it was, it was again akin to a, a turn your brain off, yeah. let the entertainment flow. And yeah. I, I think there was some really clever uses of the minimalization, maximization of the tech yeah. that, that were very amusing. Yeah, uh, hopefully, it'll, uh, hopefully it'll improve and go straight the same. So that's that's one. And the other bit is uh, into the Spider Verse sequel. Ah. There doesn't appear to be a subtitle for that. At the okay. moment, so there's no kind of, you know, into the Spider Verse, extreme, or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, so that's given a release date. Now this is still a hell of a ways away. So April eighth, twenty twenty two. So we've still got quite a bit of a well, time. That's good. To I'm happy but with that because it's animation. I want exactly, them to put the time into exactly. it. Exactly. But it, the success of the previous one, I think, warrants 
time given to oh, absolutely. ensure that... Uh, and again, I know we've discussed off-pod, I've, I've mentioned to you about the... The, the very subtle way that the animators made Miles Morales look not as accomplished as the Peter Parker that he meets mm-hmm. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and very simply, they, they did that by animating Miles Morales at 12 frames per second, mm. but animating Peter Parker at 24 frames a second. Mm. And what that gives you on screen is a slightly juddery, clumsy look mm. to Miles Morales' am- animation and a much slicker, stylized mode of animation for Peter Parker because he's the much more established Spider-Man by the end of the film Miles Morales is in 24 frames Mm. so they move it up as they go through because then by the end he is as slick he has learned his stuff Mm -hmm. you know he is as good but you know if, if the animators are going to that level and that amount of depth to give us additional character beats uh, you know it tells the story for itself that that these people clearly love what they're doing and they want it to be damn good so So, yeah give them all the time in the world so there's there's little bits of information out there on that but again uh, you know I just encourage you to all uh, have a little look around Uh, comic book resources is a good website I usually find for most of my kind of comic book based news so have a look on there and see uh, what articles are up um on the TV side of news, so there's been uh, a few trailers as of late which have been released. Now I know one of these you ha- won't have seen because you haven't even watched the second season, which is Star Trek Discovery. True. Which uh, I know that you are still trying to find the time to, to watch the second it's season. It's on the list. It's on the list. Uh, so I very, very much love the second season of this. The first one was very, very hit and miss, not going to lie. The second season, absolutely was fantastic for me i really really enjoyed it very much looking to seeing how they do the third i won't say more on that because giving any information on that would completely spoil the uh, season two for you so i shan't say any more on that mm-hmm. we also had another trailer this time for picard which yes i've seen that actually i've watched that very 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 much looking forward to oh, yeah, um, I'm really interested in that now actually. yeah uh, the, the the second trailer the first trailer really piqued my interest the surprises of a couple of people within the first one um, you know that you didn't necessarily see coming like Seven of Nine we didn't know yeah I didn't know she point. was going to be in it uh, she appears to be looking quite the badass in the second mm-hmm. trailer we then get Troy and we also get Riker yeah. appearing at the end of, uh, of the, this second trailer Again, not saying too much on that because, uh, you know, we don't know too much, but it just hinted that there's a decent relationship still going between them, that he still trusts them and stuff. However, we do have a date of release now, which is the uh, 23rd of January 2020. So we're only a couple of months away. Uh, So I'm very, very, very much looking forward to that. Uh, And the final bit of TV news. Now, this kind of is a... um, just to take it back to Discovery a minute, sure. apologies, I, I realise I've interrupted you. One one thing that did get me is all the promo around this, yeah. and when they're talking to Patrick Stewart, there was a huge amount that he was saying of, I don't want it to be a reunion thing. Yeah. I don't just want it to be a next-gen reunion. Mm-hmm. Right, but in the trailer, we see Data, we see Troy, we see Riker, and we see Seven of Nine. And there was even an interview, and I know, all right, pedants, I know Seven of Nine wasn't in 
next gen. Yeah. She was from Voyager. Yeah. I know this. Yeah. But my point remains the same. He has been doing interviews before that trailer was released saying, I didn't want Riker to just suddenly pop up out of nowhere. So I am very, very hopeful after seeing this trailer that he was being genuine yeah. and that there is good reason yeah, for it, it, this. It's organic. There's there's a reason for... I think the data stuff, whether that's... Uh, it, it's looking as though it's... I don't know, I want to say dream or flashback. There some, appears to be some kind of element of that. It could be, because yes, it is, it's all the, uh, the vine fields and stuff, yeah. which we've seen from sort of... Uh, I seem to remember from like Q episodes from Next Gen where it showed his future. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of the all finale, all good things. All good That's things, it. Yeah. And, and so when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to get him living on his farm and his vineyard mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And clearly that isn't what we're getting as we move forward. So hopefully, like I say, maybe the, the cameos are just in the beginning. Then we crack on with yeah. a, the different story. And I... that's where we then pick up Seven of Nine. Certainly envisage at some point we may see other people that may not have necessarily been mentioned previously. I Personally, I'm holding out for a Whoopi Goldberg Guinan appearance. Oh, I'd love that. I would absolutely love that because I think she's the, was awesome. she was such a frigging amazing character. Yeah. And we didn't get as much information about that character as, as we wanted. And I think that's one of the things. She's the kind of person that he could go to for advice about stuff. And... It'd be a surprise and everybody be fucking ecstatic about it. I think the Troy Riker dynamic makes sense because they kind of were mentioned a little bit prior because Yeah, and I suppose if you're gonna have one you've got an excuse to have both because they're together. Yeah, right. So yeah. yeah. Um and we knew that Frakes was coming back to direct stuff anyway. So yeah, we'll 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 hope that it's organic and, and at the end of the day I'm trusting it because he would never have come back no, very true. Uh, Patrick Stewart would never have come back to this role if he didn't think there was a, a good point. However he clearly does like money because he voiced a poo in the Emoji movie. Well, yeah, okay. Now, admittedly, his joke for that as to why he did it, I saw him on um, it's an episode of I've Got News For You that he presented, obviously, around the time, and someone pointed out to him that he'd voiced a poo in the the poo emoji in the Emoji movie. By the way, don't take your kids to see that film. It's bollocks, and it is mean-spirited bollocks that dates really, really quickly. Like, half of the apps that they go through on this phone don't exist anymore. And they're making jokes about them, and it's like, yeah, that dated really quickly, guys. Shit. But yeah, Patrick Stewart's joke is that he said he would only do a part in the Emoji movie if they gave him a role with some substance. Okay, well, yeah, let's... So, let's I don't know, I've never I thought faith. of him as being a... I, I have faith. A money-driven man. But. I, I have faith in the man that he will... Uh, he, he wouldn't have come back to this particular character, especially, uh, without a good given reason for it. But that's... that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. Um, but the final bit of TV news. Now, this is kind of throwback to uh, one of the previous podcasts that we've done, which was the HBO one, for those of you who haven't listened. Please go back, listen to the HBO show on, uh, I think that's a phenomenal podcast that we did, really discussed a lot of the great HBO shows. Now this is a little bit of a spiritual sequel, uh, the the new series that I've heard about, uh, a spiritual sequel to the Band of Brothers and Pacific series of past, uh, mm-hmm. which is bringing back Spielberg and Hanks uh, for an Apple Plus series, uh, and it's called The Masters of the Air. Um, and it's basically about American bombers in World War Two. Oh, right, okay. So it's been, I think it's an eight-part uh, series that's going to be picked up and it's going to be shown on Apple Plus. I believe that HBO originally had the legal rights to it and I think it's kind of passed on there. However, 
that's kind of picked up speed, its speed now. And um, yeah, by the looks of things, having the same guys who did Band of Brothers and who did the Pacific, mm. and especially with the budgets of this day and age and the technology that they could do for the kind of mm. you know the the flight side of things. Oh, I could like um, Dunkirk. Yeah, exactly. I'm, go I'm go talk to Christopher Nolan, for fuck's sake, if you want to know how to do flight. I mean, the the, the Spitfire scenes in that are, are incredible. So I'm, I'm hopeful that this will be yet another brilliant series from that kind of uh, mm. little, little collection. So there you go. That is the... Uh, so was that another HBO one? It, no, it's, it, 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 it was a, going to be a HBO show, but oh, no, it's it Apple Plus, you got said, picked up by Apple Plus. Because so. that's, that's there the, was a big HBO Max announcement thing yeah, the other day because I didn't realise they were owned by Warner Brothers yeah. HBO so there's a one bit of TV news actually that you probably want to discuss. oh yes yes definitely because um, I, I also read that the, the HBO Max is going to contain all of the DC Extended Universe movies w- wow Wayne put that fanfare back in I've, I've been dying for a place to not watch those films all in one place or you could just put crickets Fucking in there Bullshit. Yeah, tumbleweeds. Yeah, go for that. Um, but yeah, I, I was excited and then deflated within two seconds of reading an article because it announced that they are picking up a Green Lantern TV show. And after saying in the DC episode, I'll never get the chance to talk about Green Lantern because the film's crap. I, I may get the chance. However, I then read the first line and saw that it's from the showrunners... Uh, Greg Belanti, who is the man behind the Arrowverse. So he's the man behind Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, mm. Legends of Tomorrow, Black silent. Lightning, you know, all the CW bollocks that we all think I is am crap. I silent on this shit, So Jesus. at the same time, I went, yay! Oh shit. Yeah. Why him? Yeah. Why has he got to mastermind the whole fucking thing? I mean... Oh, so I'm tentatively excited. Let's wait. They let's can wait. do well, let's but let, let's wait. God, let's... that man is a fucking plague on television. Sometimes he really is. That's fine. Um, so that's the kind of new side out of weight. Now I know that you wanted to kind of discuss a couple. Of well, yeah, we were going to uh, last episode. I did. I did kind of touch on Hobbs and Shaw because I know we both we both watched that recently. Um, but yeah, I, I actually want. I, I've got some notes here because I. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, we'll talk about it now. I, it's it's pissing ridiculous. Let, let's be fair. Absolutely. It, 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 I, I didn't want to like it at all because I, I from the beginning, it, it, it's it's doing such blatant shit from everywhere. Like it's just pulling stuff from everywhere else and mashing it all together to try and be good. We come back again to Ryan Reynolds doing the Deadpool thing, doing the Detective Pikachu thing. They've even pulled the guy from Deadpool 2, who was the non-superhero who was in X-Force. I think his character's name was Pete, or something like that. And he was—he came up for the audition just because he's a normal guy and he's a bit weird, and they had a little ad-lib thing there. So those two are like CIA guys, and they're just constantly... They're just brought in as comic relief... And then ad lib a bit, and it's that pissing ad lib thing that we discussed you really last episode. Need comic relief when you've got The Rock and Jason Statham. No, like, going between no, exactly. each other. And again, it, but I felt it. even some of that banter didn't work no. because I felt it was two different shots. You know, because it was the fifteenth take of The Rock saying something funny, put with the second take of Jason Statham saying something funny. So they're not reacting mm-hmm. to the lines that they were reacting to when they were putting all this ad lib bollocks together. 
Um, Helen Mirren's in it again because she's the state's mum. Of course she is. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba's hilarious. Black Superman. I mean, Christ, he's he's fucking. I love Idris Elba, but Jesus. Now, shit in this. It's too long. I think about twenty minutes. I'd take about twenty minutes off. I don't think you need it. No. Um, the Samoan bit's quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I particularly enjoyed Cliff Curtis, who is uh, people may know him yeah. from. He's in Fear the Walking Dead. He's been in loads of British stuff because mm-hmm. he's uh, he's not British born actor as I discovered. But I was like, are you Samoan? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure I've seen him cast as like an Arab, as yeah. an American. Yeah. As I, do, I actually looked through his credits. He's originally born in in uh, New Zealand mm. he's a Maori mm. so he does kind of fit that Samoan thing sure. but it's hilarious that he's been cast as so many different ethnicities yeah. over the years yeah. uh, it's really strange um, obviously to go for our wrestling bit The Rock got his cousin Roman Reigns in there ooh-ah. and they do the nice ooh-ah which is his <laughs> thing before he does his finisher and they do that together yeah. uh, Joe Roman Reigns Anoa'i as he is credited yeah. they're trying The Rock's clearly said to him look you've got to go with Dwayne The Rock Johnson for a bit and then you can just go to Dwayne Johnson you know so it's like do that for a bit now I'm sure towards the end you know when they they have the big fight at Samoa mm-hmm on the Samoan island and they all get tooled up but there's no guns and mm-hmm. stuff I'm sure they dress they do the rock as Maui from Moana mm-hmm. because he comes out with his Samoan yeah. I'm going to call it a skirt because I don't know what it's actually called but you know loincloth traditional garb exactly he comes out in the traditional Samoan garb um, and the thing that he's holding looks very suspiciously like Maui's hook sure. from Moana <laughs> sure, I could very well I'm be. just I I, I Anytime I've mentioned it to people since I've seen it, they've been like, oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. But it's obviously not as obvious as I think it is. But the second he picks it up, I'm like, that's Maui's hook, look. Mm-hmm. It even hooks round. It, it, it's his hook. Um, and then when he comes out in the traditional garb as well, it looks even crazier. Now, as, again, last episode, we, we sort of, I, I briefly mentioned Fast and Furious and that it, it, you can't compare five to one, for example, because they're not the same film at that point, because Fast and the Furious 4, I think it is, which is Fast and Furious, because they didn't want to call it a four. They, it was the reboot one, so they called it Fast and Furious. That one basically establishes that we're in some sort of MCU superhero universe where people don't you know normal people don't get injured mm-hmm. by things um and obviously that's never clearer than at, at the end where there's, there's the four cars trying to pull a, a helicopter, helicopter yeah. out of the air mm-hmm. and in the end the helicopter goes over the cliff along with a car that contains jason statham the rock i think the girl is in there as well is she in the helicopter perhaps at that she's point she's in the helicopter at this and point. Idris Elba's in now fair enough Idris Elba's character is established early on as basically being black superman mm-hmm. you can't hurt him and he's never really established why he's kind of upgraded mm. but then he's bulletproof mm. and his skin isn't bulletproof so it's what he's wearing that's bulletproof so it's all a bit weird as to how much he's enhanced and how much he's got armour plating on you know they fall at least 200 foot down a cliff in a wreck. They should all be dead. Everyone should be dead. Yeah. But of course they get up and there's not a scratch on them mm-hmm. because why the hell not? Um, 
there's a little bit that popped me early on, which is when Rock goes to the Stath's place and they're walking through his garage and he points at a mini. There's a little red mini sat yeah. there. And he says, oh, it was for a job in Italy. Um, and uh, he says to The Rock, I'd have called if we needed a weightlifting bus driver. Uh, this, as anyone who's listened to this from the beginning will know, is a reference to my favourite film of all time, The Italian Job, which Jason Statham was not in. He was in the remake. And actually in the remake, he drove a BMW Mini, not an original John Cooper Mini. So they're referencing the wrong fucking thing in the first place. But it did make me laugh. And the bus driver in the original uh, Italian Job is a black guy who lifts weights. Mm. So it, it works. But that, that got a chuckle out of me for a, a reference, even though they got it wrong. They can't even reference shit properly. Um, as entertaining as it was, because I've, I've, I've recommended my mum and dad watched it because I thought it was entertaining. I, uh, I think it's going to date really badly because mm. there's a lot more jokes than you would expect based around Game of Thrones... Yeah. And its controversial ending. Yeah. That comes up yeah, a lot. It does, but also it, it, it makes me question. At one point, The Rock is talking to his daughter, and his daughter's like, "Yeah, I'm watching it around, you know, a friend's house or something." And he's like, "No." That's a... And then he's like, he doesn't seem to care. He's like, "Oh, you know nothing, Jon Snow." Sorry, the kid is less than ten years old, and yet yeah. you're quite content with watching her watching Game eighteen rated content. Thrones. Are you having a fucking giraffe, pal? And like you say, at one no. minute he doesn't seem to know what she's talking about. Yeah. The next minute he's quoting, yeah. "Yeah, you know nothing, Jon Snow." Yeah. But like, why are we doing lots of jokes? Like, there's not just one joke. No. It pops up again later on, and we joke about the ending of Game of Thrones and that people didn't like it. What? Yeah. And again, it's it's mostly Ryan Reynolds and his CIA buddies that are doing that joke. So it's like, what did they do to go, right, okay, just Talk riff shit. a load of shit yeah. about Game of Thrones, please, because that's pop culture-y, so we can put that in. Mm-hmm. And I just... It, it dates your movie, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. No, you know, is anyone going to care about the ending of Game of Thrones? I don't care about Game of Thrones and it's <laughs> like a few months later, you know. Exactly. I mean, that's been announced as well, hasn't it? The... Um... The prequel show or whatever based around the Targaryens was announced this week. Yeah, after they canned the other one. Yes, the one that they actually shot. Uh, uh, yeah, which they shot a pilot or, or something. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, but I'm that was set what, Game of Thrones. Five thousand years or three thousand years before, whereas now we're only going a few hundred years before yeah, I'm to done, the Targaryens. Exactly. I don't think I'm going to watch it. Yeah, no. I don't think I'm going to watch it. Okay. Um... So yeah, I've got my little rant out about Hobson Shaw. Hobson Shaw, by the way, it, it's entertaining. It's another, like Stuber last time, it's turn your brain off and go and watch it and just accept that these people are basically Marvel superheroes who can't be hurt. And as long as you go in with that sensibility, you can find some fun in it. Uh, and there's, there is entertainment to be had. So, uh, now to discuss the main topic for this podcast, which is anime series. <coughs> Um, so, for those who don't really know, um, the, the kind of main difference when we when we talk about anime, um, yeah, I was just going to say what 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 what, what can we do, say to people to to help them? What, what what's the difference between anime? Yeah, so anime, animated TV shows. You know? Yeah, anime is basically considered uh, a Japanese style of cartoons in the West. So while we may look at various animations that come out of uh, Japan and, and and the like, we generally consider it as anime because some of it goes by the same style some of it doesn't there are differences just as there is for any other animation or cartoon however generally anything that kind of comes out of uh, Japanese kind of animation studios is considered anime in the west does it necessarily need to be based on a manga 
Because again, yeah. m- most yeah. I would say are are uh, adaptations of manga books. Yeah, aren't a, a good chunk of them are. But however, there are some original anime series as well. So okay. you know, it, yes, it does. Uh, for those who don't know, yeah, manga is kind of a short kind of graphic novel, um, which is. Viewed from well, back to front that's instead we, of you know, but that's because the Japanese read back to front because yeah, 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 we yeah. see it yeah. and right to uh, left to right, but right to left in terms of they read left to right on the page, but right to left in terms of page flow. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not how it's initially published. Mm-hmm. That's how we buy them. Uh, yeah, I'm sat here with uh, Volume One of Gans, mm-hmm. which is a a collection of six or let me have a look, uh, ten. So this is a, a, a collection of the first ten issues, mm-hmm. and they are posted. They are generally printed in weekly uh, magazines mm-hmm. that are released, and then collected in in paperback form. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's it's very it's a very odd it's a very odd thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my son's um, into Pokemon, and I've bought him uh, the, some Pokemon manga from the uh, the, uh, the original days of Pokemon back in the 90s or whenever it was and uh, he struggled to start with sure. because he got that he's got to read back to front mm-hmm. but he was then reading left to right on the page mm-hmm. and left to right page flow mm-hmm. so he would open the back page be presented with two pages one on the left one on the right instead of reading the right hand page <laughs> left to right and then yeah, the left hand page left to right he would read the left hand page left to right then yep. the right hand page left to right so he was always going wrong but I've corrected him with that now so he's actually getting on with it quite well good stuff and uh, enjoys it but Yes, yeah, so, I mean there are a lot. There are a tremendous lot of anime series which you can find uh, on our favourite streaming site, Netflix. There is also a yeah, chunk which cool. has been Crunchyroll's uh, the best place. If anyone yeah, Crunchyroll has a Crunchyroll subscription, website. you can get a free month or something. That's what I usually do. There is a good chunk on uh, Amazon Prime as well, from what I've mm-hmm. heard to believe. So yeah, so I mean certainly go out. There's there's a massive massive variety now. We. I'm only going to discuss kind of three apiece, or perhaps two, and then collectively one. Um, but there is absolutely tons. So depending on what kind of genre of anime or cartoon and stuff like that that you're interested in, or, or the, the different kind of styles, be it horror, be it sci-fi, there's there's tons of it out there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is something for everyone, no matter what you're a fan of. Yeah. Um, and it's not all as weird as some of the stuff that we're going to discuss is. No. Um, I've been meaning to watch like Death Note for ages, for example, which is uh, uh, totally different to many of the mangas that I will, have, uh, many of the animes that I will have watched. Um, I tell you what, I discovered in researching this is that I have not seen as many anime series as I thought I had. Hmm. Um, there I are so many. Out there, I, I could only come I mean. up with a list of ten or eleven, yeah. and and like you know, again, I'm sure we get panned in the comments, but you know things like uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. I started watching it. Um, I, I didn't manage to finish it in time, and I'm not sure it would have made a top three anyway, but I wanted to have at least seen some of it. Um, I've seen quite a lot of anime films, mm. I think. I've mm. seen far more anime films than I have TV shows. Mm. But Go on, then. You go first. Okay, so the first one on my list. Now, this is uh, a series which I absolutely adore, and uh, as, as Pete can attest to, I'm also wearing my... Respective T-shirt as well. Ah, as well. is that Log Horizon? Yeah, it is indeed. So, and the first episode, uh, first one in my list is Log Horizon. Uh, so, the premise of this series is 
Um, people stuck inside a video game. Um, so it's instead of other ones, they they basically appear inside as though it's a real world environment for them. It's not anything but it's it, it is the real world for them they are their character um in this world so the character that they have been playing for you know years in some cases or weeks in other cases is the character that they have suddenly appeared in this magical world as um so we are introduced uh, as our main protagonist here is a guy called shiro and he meets up with other people, uh, Natsuku and Akatsuki, uh, who were other characters who, who he's kind of met in the past. We become very, very aware to begin with about the tropes of this kind of gaming universe. He suddenly falls over at one point and suddenly loads of pop-ups appear in front of him because those are the kind of the icons, which is, you know, his health bar, his magic meter, his inventory, his friends list. All right. So he can literally touch this stuff in front of him and interact with it all. And this is just like kind of beginning of this real MMO feeling, dealing with things that other series that kind of depict this trapped inside a video game don't necessarily touch on they go very near to economics uh, they go to politics they discuss npcs which is a non-player character okay, so uh, mmo is uh, mul- massively multiplayer online is what that would stand for correct, but yes. mmo rpgs are what what it's about is yeah it's a, essentially a yeah. massively multiplayer online role playing game. Yeah, so I mean the difference between this and some other other series which have, have, have kind of touched on this trapped inside a game kind of uh, thing. The, the difference is that they are staying alive but also thriving. Um, so they kind of create a, a round table with the heads of all the various big guilds. Again, guilds is something which, within the scope of massive multi-online playing games, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's a group that you can join. You know, you can join as a novice and eventually rise oh, and stuff like this. COD players would know what a guild exactly, is, essentially, yeah. wouldn't you? It's your team, it's your crew, it's it's your yeah. Yeah. So Shiro, the guy that we're introduced to at the very first uh, episode. He's shown to be an extremely intelligent and capable person um, beyond most of the other people. He's, you know, the villain behind glasses is kind of the the, the nickname that he's given. Um, He's got a loyalty from the people that he's met in the past. He's an expert at this game. He's played it for years. Every intricate detail of this game he knows down to a T. He's got the magical items from special quests, uh, you know, when he was playing the game. He's done stuff that nobody else has, and everybody used to turn to him as the kind of source of information for this game. And he kind of shunned that after a while. He got bored of being the guy that everybody went to, so kind of isolates himself. But then he, he befriended a couple of kids before uh, this whole adventure kicks off he befriended a couple of kids online and he'd helped them out and he kind of reinvigorated his spirit of the fun of the game um, okay. and so as we continue with the series you know it, it starts to pick up pace very very quickly they're, they're trying to figure out how to survive in this environment how to fight because they can't just fight on a keyboard like they used to they have to physically imbue themselves with the abilities that they used to be able to like they click a button and that would do the you know their special move mm-hmm. and they would line up a load of different abilities and things like that they now have to perform those actions physically okay they can't just pick a button and it will do it for them they have to instinctively do it and shiro uh, akatsuki and natsuku they band together as as a little group 
and they go out and they basically practice fighting to kind of pick up these skills and it makes them understand the environment that they're in it's a real real environment and they can be killed however the trick of this whole thing is that even when they die they are revived in the cathedral as it's called okay it's not revealed until a little bit later that each time they die they lose a little part of their old selves like the memory of something from their past mm-hmm. is sacrificed in order for them to be reborn. Right, I see. So this is a thread that kind of picks up. You don't really get the sense of until a little bit later because, you know, these these three characters especially don't die for right. a very, very long time, but without giving too much away, they don't die because they're very skilled at what they are. They're mm-hmm. kind of the top tier, you know, the level 90s of each of their respective classes. Um, so eventually these three people create their own guild uh, while it's small and, and it's developing it increases with various members later on the kids that Shiro had, had befriended before uh, the apocalypse had happened uh, as they called it in game and then just slowly but surely the, it, it builds this sense of family amongst this guild coincidentally enough called Log Horizon mm-hmm. so it builds this sense uh, and that they're looking out for each other they're looking out for kids they're looking out for everybody's best interests yeah the way that they start the economy off is because they look around and they realise that everybody is just kind of sitting there on the laurels. They're not staying alive and thriving, they're just staying alive. Like, they will do the bare minimum just so that they can get a few coins to survive in the game. Yeah. All food tastes disgusting because if they're creating it by the system, then it doesn't taste of anything. They later then find out that if somebody's got the cooking skill and they cook real food instead of using the in-game mechanics, if they cook it as though it was real food, it tastes like real food. And so there's these kind of little things that you kind of go, well, hang on a minute, that's never really kind of can be mm. considered. And it's that that spins off this economy and they suddenly become aware that they need to buy up land and they need to do this so that they can secure their own future um, I mean this honestly this I love this series I absolutely love this series um, as the story continues it's not just about survival it's a, it's finding a way home Yeah. they realise that they're stuck inside a game but they need to survive inside the game they, they need to make sure that they survive they're in their respective guilds they're with all of the friends that they knew from you know when they were playing the game they can see these people they can interact with these people but at the same time not everybody necessarily wants to stay. Some of them find it an adventure. Some of them find it exhilarating to be inside a game. The kids, for example, find it exhilarating. Yeah. There's a boy who's been in a wheelchair in the real world who mm. doesn't have the understanding of what it means to run around and, and to walk. Yeah, yeah. And he suddenly gets that. He, d- he doesn't want to leave. Mm. Why would he? Because he's having a great time. They develop a connection to an NPC who uh, eventually gets recruited into the into Log Horizon. Again, that kind of whole plays into how it plays into the development of magic and what they're capable of doing in this environment. Mm. They're no longer restricted by the limitations that the game imposed on them to begin with. Right. This is all the kind of stuff that I love. Um, there's some great, strong female characters in this. There are some absolutely immense battle sequences. There's a couple of episodes in Season 2 where they're going to fight a big, you know, from gaming side of things, like big bosses. Mm. And there's like one big boss that they have to fight. And it turns out that another two big bosses come out at the same time. And and how they plan and how they strategize this. They have, you've got healers, you've got tanks, uh, you've got, uh, you know, you've got controllers. So each individual person has a different ability. Again, based on that kind of MMO. Yeah, the kind RPG of game. thing, yeah. 
this series for me was just phenomenal. I'd seen other series similar to it. I know that the animation style for I think you and a couple of other people didn't necessarily gel, uh, which I understand. Um, but for me, I had no problems with it. I love I love the characters. Um, the music for it is is fantastic. Like the the score behind the whole series is absolutely fantastic. I've downloaded the soundtrack and I listen to it from time to time if I'm just in a chilling uh, you know time. Mm -hmm. uh, the main theme, uh, as you recall, we, we we sang that many a time. Uh, database. From the, yeah, yeah, I like the theme. I'll give you that. Yeah, and uh, but I mean, the only sad part for me was that there was no season three. This is a two series uh, series, um, and unfortunately, due to problems with the actual creator getting done for tax evasion or some such <laughs> nonsense, uh, yeah, there was never any season three. I don't know whether there ever will be, but mm. yeah, so Log Horizon is uh, is the number one on my list. Okay. Well, yeah, I uh, as you say, I, I've I did try and watch it um you're right the the animation style didn't gel for me um and that sounds strange to say because it's anime and we've just lumped all anime together but there are nuances between them different styles of anime uh that you can uh see i think as well as we will come to towards the end it is very similar to something else mm -hmm. that i had watched very recently at the mm -hmm. time sure and when you've seen that other thing first, regardless of what actually came first, you tend to go, oh, but this is just that. Oh, this is just that. Now, fair enough, after hearing you uh, talk about it, I obviously give more of a chance. It does explore different themes of the same oh, most ideas yes. in different ways, yes. um, which is fair enough. But like you say, I, uh, if you can't get on board with the style mm. and the way it looks you're going to struggle to get into it to get to those story beats i feel yeah um but yeah that that was that was the only reason um i'd encourage you to give it another shot uh, like i say it does I do. it does touch on things that you wouldn't have expected from uh, another series which may uh, you know include the similar dynamic mm -hmm. it is a little bit more serious in places a little bit more spiritual in places as well if that you know, makes sense um and and it touches on that kind of different world perspective um i just I, I love it i will still go back and hardly watch it through and through uh again and again because i think it's just it stands it stands the test of time for me on, on cool. one of those cool over to you then uh right so in reverse order this one would be my number three um and that is gantz now gantz is a uh, a manga based on a manga. I have the first 25 volumes in my possession. Um, and the idea is that characters die and they wake up in a room with a big black ball that is called Gantz. They are in Tokyo, but they don't seem to be able to be seen by anyone in the outside world and they can't leave this apartment that they're in when they first get in there. Gantz then sets them a task, which is to go and kill an alien that is existing in Tokyo. Uh, it is generally Tokyo, I think. I don't think it moves outside of Tokyo for the certainly for the uh, for the span of the anime, because the anime only covers, I think it's something like the first seven to ten. Uh, trade paperbacks. It's it's 25, 26 episodes long. There was one series 
and this is the reason it sits at three is because it was never finished mm -hmm. adequately for my liking we didn't get a, a good ending as it were um so yeah we follow uh, uh a teenage lad called karuno who uh dies along with a quote-unquote friend who the other bloke thinks he's his friend karuno doesn't really care who he is because he's a bit of a loner um and they both die in the train accident they wake up in this room and they have to go out and i think the first baddie is the onion uh onion boss or onion guy and yeah, onion alien there you go he's just called the onion alien um and he's a very weird looking thing that looks like an onion for a head um but they set them challenge they have a certain amount of time they have to go out and kill this alien if they do they get points and that's the premise as you understand it going in it's fucking weird it's really weird because after they've gone out and killed the alien they then get released from the apartment and they can go back to their existing life and people can see them and they can interact i was wrong with that um because they do go back and there's interesting threads in there because karuno is is it him or is it the girl there's a girl that dies that I think it's the girl. One of them is looking after a younger brother. It's been a while since I watched the anime, I've got to be honest. Um, because, as I say, it doesn't end satisfactorily for my liking, which pushes it down. But one of them is looking after a younger brother. So is very keen to get out of the apartment so they can go and look after their younger brother um, and help them out. So there's a real sort of... Uh, a, a breadline sort of sensibility to it and a um, you know a real worldness to it which mm -hmm. is very odd when juxtapositioned with gigantic buddha shaped aliens that are 40 feet high that people are trying to kill um gantz provides you with weaponry and with uh, a bio suit that uh, you can essentially gives them yeah makes them superhuman essentially but can run out of steam um, if they get beaten up too much or it takes too much damage, it will start to leak fluid, uh, biofluid, and therefore these people then don't have the extra abilities that they would have. Now, in the manga, we go... I think I've got about the first three arcs, as you would call them, uh, and it does get bigger and bigger and it explains more and more as we go along and starts to make a bit more sense even though it is a totally obscure concept but the idea is that you gain the points the points when you reach a hundred i think it is you can then spend those points to either get out yourself or to revive someone who has died within the game because a key thing is that if you're out fighting the alien and you for example get your arm chopped off and you're bleeding to death as long as the alien is killed, as soon as the alien is killed, you will get taken back to the apartment. And if you are injured in any way, those injuries will be totally nullified. So there is a bit, I believe, where someone loses a limb, is bleeding out, but the rest of the team managed to kill the alien in time, so that when that person reappears back in the apartment, they are fully healed and ready to go. But if you die during the act, you are then proper, proper dead. So, like I say, you can then spend your points to bring someone back if you want to, which obviously plays in later on when characters you've come to know and love over the first arc die and Corona's still alive and he then gets to a point... And again, I'm sure this is only in the manga. I don't think the anime gets this far. But it gets to a point where he then has to choose between his own freedom or bringing back 
someone that he was very close to, who's actually a guy in this instance, that he would bring back rather than the girl. I, I like it. I think it's really good. The animation's awesome. I think it's an interesting idea. It explores some very interesting themes, albeit in a very odd way. I'd never argue that. It suffers from something that I think anime can sometimes, which is teenage boy obsessed with large-breasted woman. Um, there's there's quite a lot of gratuitous nudity mm-hmm. that I'm not entirely convinced is necessary, but it, I suppose it is because, again, there's a, a trope in Japanese manga and anime is that prepubescent teenage boy who is obsessed with the pin-up girl with the big breasts and the tiny waist and he pines over her and stuff um, and then of course this model is one of the people that dies later on and ends up in Gantz so then he's got to work with her when he's you know essentially been wanking over her for the last 10 years so he's, it's a very weird dynamic um, but it doesn't lean the anime doesn't lean as heavily into that as the manga does. The manga leans, I mean, I, you know, like, I'm just, for reference, because I know none of you can see this, I'm showing Fluffy the back cover of <laughs> the first trade paperback, and it is the girl in question wearing part of the Gantz uniform. It is just about covering her breasts, uh, but nothing else is covered, and she's got a gun in her hand, because that's what you do, you know? So, the manga is far more towards that uh, than the anime is, uh, although I still find the anime slightly gratuitous at times. But yeah, it's it's a good one. It's, it's very good. I actually, I think I would push people for a more closure-driven sort of story, I actually think the two live-action films mm-hmm. that they did yeah. do a better job yes. of telling the simple story at the heart of it and bringing a closure yeah, to yeah, it. Is, yeah. um, but it doesn't deal with as much as the anime does because the anime has 26 episodes to deal with. Um, so they sort of condense it down a bit. Um, but, you know, they're, 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 they're good. They're a, a different take on it if you want to look at it with slightly better closure, as I say. Um, but yeah, so Gantz would be my number, my number three. Cool, cool, cool. Right, so my next one is one which I'm not sure whether you have got round to watching yet. Um, I've watched about three episodes. Okay, you've watched a couple of episodes. Okay, that's fine. I will try to hold back some of it without giving too much away. I know, it's fine. Go go spoilers, Um, because I I haven't had the chance to go back to it yet. That's fine, that's fine. Obviously, we're on South Park at the minute, so... Yeah, Yeah, of course. Um, So the next one that I'm going to talk about is One Punch Man, uh, which our good friend Baggy uh, had recommended to me some time ago, and is on the popular streaming site that is Netflix. So if by any reason you wish to listen, uh, sorry, watch any of these uh, shows, this this is definitely one of those ones which is there. Um, so it follows a guy called uh, Satama. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm, I'm pretty... I would say so, yeah. That's I what think, I think is Satama. That's the way I took it. Um, so this is a guy who is... I mean, it, it, it kind of says itself in the title. This is a guy who is so powerful that he defeats enemies with one punch um, and that sounds absolutely ridiculous uh, it, it, but as this series moves along there are so many battles with different individuals and he just kind of pops up punches 
one of these villains, and then boom, they're, they're, they basically explode and they die. However, it's not all based on him, is kind of the good thing about it, because otherwise this would be one hell of a boring series. Um, but he quickly takes on, within the first few, I think his first episode or two, uh, he takes on an apprentice, uh, Genos, and uh, basically he, he's, he's an android, and he takes him on as his apprentice, because this guy looks at him and goes, wow, you are the most powerful person I've come across. I want to be trained by you. Um, so at some point a little bit later on, he's taking on a powerful foe, and he's surrounded by you know a couple of people who, who look massive, bulky, big, beefy mm-hmm. villains that just look like they could just rip what's, his arms what's off. What's the name of the one in the first episode? Is it Vitamin Man or something? Oh. It begins with a V. He's a big purple guy. He looks like a fucking swollen penis. Yeah, I... Oh, I could, oh, it's been a while. It's since something I'm, like Vitamin Man or something. It's it's some, like some that. ridiculous. It's, it's the worst name yeah. ever, and I they pissed myself have when I said it. But it, it's meant to be. Yes. Like I felt that I, I laughed, yeah. and I felt I was supposed to laugh. Yes. No. You definitely. Were. I didn't think I was supposed to take it seriously. Um, so surrounded by like some pretty powerful, beefy-looking guys. <laughs> They have no idea what they're up against, and then suddenly he looks at him. He's like, "Oh my God, your like power power level is off the chart. What what the hell? How did you become so powerful?" And this is this is how he says he does it: one hundred push-ups, one hundred sit-ups, one hundred squats, and a ten k run every day for three years. And that's how he got as solid as he is. And even his apprentice looks at him. He's like, "What?" Are you having a... What? This is ridiculous. And it's got to the point where he had uh, black hair at one point and he loses all his black hair and goes bald because of this regimen. Mm. I I actually... uh, There was a uh, thing on YouTube I saw the other day, which is a... I think he's a Chinese guy Mm. who is doing... Oh, okay. The One Punch Man. <laughs> okay. Like, he, he's doing <laughs> okay. that every day, and he'd been doing it for three months or something. Okay. I tell you what, after three months, he was fucking ripped. Okay. He was ripped as Fair shit. Fair play. Fair play. But it was really interesting to see, and he's trying to keep it up for three years. That's he's pre- trying to do it. That is pretty impressive. I thought it would be quite funny, but yeah, it was like his three-month check-in, and I was like, Jesus, that's a hell of a difference in three Jesus months. Christ, okay. But then again, <laughs> when you're doing that, it's... <laughs> yeah, every day for, uh, for for three years. Pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um so this is ba- so Satama is basically looking for a fight. Um, he's not really out to save the day. He's not really out for for justice. He's basically looking for a fight mm. because he wants to test his metal against other people. Mm. That that is in 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 a sense the crux of it. Uh, so yeah, he's got the powers of strength. He's got speed. He's got the ability to jump. Uh, he's got increased senses. He's basically invulnerable to most attacks. Like he will take a beat in and then just brush it off as though he didn't feel the pain. Mm. Uh, you know, at one point he jumps from the moon. He gets punched to the moon <laughs> and he jumps from the moon all the way back to Earth. It kind of lands in a pretty decent spot and you kind of go, all right then, yeah, that's that's very acceptable. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it, it, as as the series moves along, it does kind of pick up other threads for, for other things like there's a, a hero association out there which has various classes for depending on your power levels and, and how good you are mm-hmm. uh, he kind of gets you know he gets inducted and kind of gets ranked as a, a C class which is like a middle class basically because although he completely dominates all the physical aspects the other kind of stuff for the test he, he just kind of sacks off because he doesn't consider it important mm. so they say so knocking down whereas his apprentice gets put in the high class so it's just the the irony of all of that mm. um there's some absolutely crazy battles that occur 
over the course of this series. Um, it is uh, just to say it's it's series one is up on Netflix at the moment. I know series two has been done and are finished. Um, however, I'm waiting for the English uh, dubbing of, uh, yeah. of that before I suddenly watch that. That's fair enough. Um, but yeah, so there's some absolutely crazy battles which occur, uh, various villains and, and other heroes throughout who, again, are just trying to test their metal against things. But, you know, they've been training for years or they've done this, that and the other. And, you know, they're pretty, pretty powerful themselves. There's one guy who, who basically rides a bike who's like the Moomin Rider, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And he's basically just what, like the bike man. The TV show when we were kids, Moomins. Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little white things. Yeah, oh Do you God, remember the those? Moomins. Oh my the God, Moomins. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just shows how old we are, kids. I think um, my son has a Moomin, actually. I think no. there's still a thing. I think he's got a little... I think he bought... He asked for a little Moomin one day. Oh, my God. I have a feeling. Um, so, yeah, so, but yeah, there's one guy who is just... He, he kind of runs throughout the series as a guy who basically rides on a bike. Mm-hmm. And it's just hilarious because, you know, they call in various heroes to solve stuff. They're like, yeah, Moomin Rider. Let's we'll call him up. And it's a guy on a pedal bike, and you're like, what the hell does he have to offer? So, again, this is where the humour and stuff uh, comes in. So there's, like, massive destruction of cities. Uh, there's impending invasions of, of various different... Uh, you know, evil people, um, and it's basically about these heroes kind of coming together. And basically, as usual, Satama could just turn up and floor any of these villains in mm. one punch. It's kind of like he's off, like doing his shopping. There's like a massive battle going on in a city, yeah. and he's just off doing his shopping or trying to catch a mosquito or something yeah. like that. And then finally, he kind of rocks up and one punches there, mm. but he doesn't necessarily take the credit. It's it's quite a, a, a funny series because it's touching on the kind of super heroic kind of stuff. Um, the first series does end, and again, he like beats up like somebody from the underworld or something like that. Again, with one punch, and he's like, oh, for God's sake!" And it's just hilarious because mm. at some point soon, I'm hoping at some point soon in the second series, he actually gets to have a proper fight yeah. because he just literally nails somebody with one punch and they're done. Yeah. Um, and there you go. So that's uh, that's my number two. That's interesting because I yeah I started watching it and I very much um, like because looking at my list of of what we've got, obviously Gantz is plays everything straight as ridiculous as it is everything is played straight there isn't comedy in it um but i got the feeling from one punch man when i started it i was like you want me to laugh at this actually you're you're kind of mocking yourself in a way you're you're mocking what you're doing and you want me to be in on the joke yeah they're mocking And, and that was very cool because a lot of anime takes itself very seriously even though it is the most ridiculous shite you could think of on a fucking LSD trip, you know? And that's where I think the the beauty of this series comes in, because it is mocking itself, mm. and it's mocking other anime series, but at points it takes itself seriously and then flips it on its head. Yeah. And, and that's the enjoyable It's thing quite a modern one as well, isn't it? It is, it's, yeah. That's obviously, kind of... like you say, season two's just come out sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. And... It's, I, think it's, uh, I think it was 2014, 2015, yeah. the first series It certainly seems it's to have while. a... Uh, is postmodern the right word but it, it it has a sort of postmodern feel to it in that it understands what came before mm-hmm. and it wants to pay homage to that but at the same time sort of mock the silliness of it in, yeah. in some way yeah it's one of the reasons that I wanted to add it to the list because I mean <coughs> I, I thought about adding one that we I'd mentioned before Guyver mm-hmm. uh, but trying to actually find those to watch was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be uh, um, give, give, if the 
don't ball the call. He's got them on video. Love it. Uh, I'm not sure I've got Again, a VHS Google player. Google VHS, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I've got... But yeah, uh, it was uh, also one that I was trying to, you know, not plug in uh, a particular streaming site, unless they want to sponsor us. Um, yeah, you never know, maybe. Yeah, no, maybe. Uh, again, it was just to try and give people uh, an option so that they can go and view this. I don't know whether they like sponsoring. I think we just need to come up with a plot for a film and they'll just commission it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds about right this day. Now. Well, that's what they were doing... I don't know. When was that South Park episode? Twenty seventeen. Very, very, <laughs> very, very true. I know there's one where they just ring up and try and oh, Kuna friends. Kuna friends. He's trying to pitch the the Coon MC universe, isn't he? Yes. God, that was funny. I loved that episode. Anyway, we will discuss South Park another time. Okay, my number two. I'm going to go with Attack on Titan. Oh, I thought you might. Which is three seasons in now. Uh, the fourth will be forthcoming, hopefully. Haha. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Um. So, Attack on Titan. We are presented with a world where uh, everyone, uh, humans, are living within a walled society. There are three walls. Wall Maria, Wall Rose, and whatever the inner wall is, because I can't remember, because we haven't really been there very much, so it's not mentioned very much. Um, Most of the action takes part on the two outer walls, but essentially it's it's an allegory for, for, for the caste system, so you've got your poorest people live on the outs on the outer wall then your slightly richer people live in the inner wall the middle wall if you like and then your aristocracy are the total the very the third wall in um protected uh they live like that because there has been things called titans running around which are anywhere from 10 to 30 feet high and uh eat people basically um and that seems to be all they exist to do. Now, the first season of this uh, is about the Titans breaking through. So the Titans break through the outer wall. I'm sure Maria is the outer, outer wall, and then Rose is the inner, and then there's a third one. But if I'm wrong, I apologise, guys. But they break through wall, wall Maria, we'll say, uh, in the Trost district. And um, it's a new type of Titan they haven't seen before. Uh, I think it's the Colossal Titan. No, not the Colossal Titan to start with. It's the Armoured Titan who literally runs through the wall. And um, so that then forces them back to behind wall rows. And what we look at in the first season is the the people taking the fight back to them, uh, who are called the Scout Regiment. So you're trained as a child or teenager and you pick a regiment to go with Uh, a lot of people like the military police because they get to stay inside the very very inner wall and protect the aristocracy so you're safe basically Um, the scout regiment are in charge of going out into beyond the walls and investigating titan activity and trying to find out more about the titans and what exists beyond the walls as soon as we break the first wall then the scout regiment has to come back and protect the the people inside the walls at that stage. So the first season moves on like that. By the end of the first season, we've sort of we've we've cleared out the Titans, most of them, and we've watched our main character, whose name I can't remember. Obviously, he's a prepubescent teenage boy. Of course. Um, and he. Uh, but he is there is a his sister who isn't really his sister I think she's they, they were like adopted or something they're not proper blood 
but his sister again it, it's it's uh, uh, you know the same thing we know she's the badass he's actually a bit of a whiny bitch um and i struggle with it in anime at times um this one's particularly guilty of it uh towards the, the other seasons even one punch man annoyed me at times it's the bit where they're going oh my god what do I do? How do I get through this? Rah, rah. And it's like in One Punch Man, he's just whinging about the fact that he can't... It doesn't take more than one punch to beat someone. Now, I don't mind that so much because it's funny. Because that's the joke, you know, that what is he worried about? Whereas in this, it's... We discover... Eren, that's his name? Eren. Eren Jaeger. We discover that he, in the first season, we discover that he is a titan. So that then gives us we discover that titans were people who have been mm, infected in some way shall we say we don't, I, I honestly don't know yet they haven't revealed to us how but then there are some people who can at will change into titans that are bigger more intelligent because titans are a bit like zombies you know they just blindly walk around looking for people to eat that's all they do but then you get the the colossal titan the armored titan and Eren's titan and they they're different they're intelligent they're aware of their surroundings they can have a plan and carry it out so he then starts to lead the fight back because he can change at will and they discover this and he works on the scout regiment's side on the human side against the titans when we get to season two we expand the understanding of the titans so we start to look more at who the titans are how they change what their motivations are where did they come from and it starts to focus a bit more on them because now we've put the walls back together so we're going out again we're going out to see stuff and we're trying to you know try to clear everyone out no actually i think we're still clearing everyone out of the first wall that's been broken in the second series it's the third series when they then go out out again but it, it's interesting because as the series go we we sort of pull back a little bit each time so to start with it's the people and getting to know everyone and, and establishing the base um and then we pull out a little bit and start looking at the titans and how and why by season three they drop a they drop a freaking knowledge bomb in season three that really took me by surprise and you actually realize that what you've been watching for two seasons is a pinprick compared to what's actually out there because all you know of this world is three walls and cities within those walls you don't know that anything else exists season three we're looking at the world we're seeing big picture we're seeing actually what we thought was the case is not the case anymore and it's really cool because it turns it on its head and gives it a lot more depth and purpose now having said that season three is difficult because the first 12 episodes they did it as two 12 episode releases for season three so part one is we've put the wall back together they use Erin to go and fill the gap in the wall that they broke so the scout regiment can now go out and take the fight to the titans we spend 12 episodes building up to the point where they actually go outside the walls and take the fight to the titans so you're just waiting every episode going and we're going this episode oh no we're going to talk a bit more okay because now we're into politics of the aristocracy we discover that there are titans inside the walls which is weird and why 
And it just, yeah, it, it, it blows things wide open. Now, having said that about the first part of season three, the second part pays it off. So it's worth watching because you, without those first 12 episodes of build and expansion of the, uh, our knowledge of the world that we thought we knew, what happens in the second half of season three wouldn't be as effective because you wouldn't have spent enough time with the people that are the key players at that point. So it's necessary. But yeah, season three really, really intrigued me. It, it took it somewhere totally different that I wasn't expecting. And I'm really interested to see where we go next. Because yes, the, although we might spend 12 episodes building up to what we actually want to get to, the payoff of the final 12 episodes of that theme are really, really good and well worth waiting for. Hmm. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a series that I started a very, very long time ago. I think ago. Said we all sort of started it. Uh, Baggy was watching it as well. Yeah, it? yeah, so, yeah. Baggy had, uh, had kind of mentioned it to us. He's kind of our anime uh, aficionado probably mm. um, yeah, and um, yeah it was one that I'd started but I think the gratuitous nude people running around all the time kind of put me off a little bit um, to begin with. yes because the titans are all naked yeah um, um, and I agree I mean one of my notes here that I didn't actually read is season one took some getting used to mm-hmm. uh, but it was the look of the titans that I struggled with more than anything else because, yeah. as you say, they they just look odd. Yeah, they don't look right. Yeah, it just it, it it didn't grip me enough. But perhaps at some point, once it's finished and there's a finality to it, it may be one that I'll revisit. I, can, I say I totally understand because the, the, there's a lot in the first series of Eren whining like a fucking bitch. That was it. I think it was yeah. And the, main, the main protagonist was just a. Going, how do I do girl. this? How do I? How do I do this? How do I? Why is this happening to me? It's like you fucking windy bitch. Shut up. Yeah. And there's bits of that in season three because they're sort of experimenting with him to see what he mm. can do. So he whinges about the fact that they're experimenting with him quite a lot and yeah. shit. And it's like, oh, just shut up. Yeah. Shut up, you fucking tart. Yeah. So. But forgetting that. I, yeah. I really like it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so moving on finally, now we pretty much agreed that this was more than likely going to be our top. Well, yeah, certainly, uh, like I say, this, this is my number one. Yeah. Uh, which right is now. Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online. Uh, and so, let's see. First season was Sword Art Online. Yes. And half of that was actual Sword Art Online? Yeah, kind of, yeah. And then we went into... Uh, Alpha Online. That's right. Yeah. Which was a remake of Sword Art after the original thing. Yeah, kind of. Season two was Gungale Online. And then the end was back to Alpha. Uh, kind of Alfheim with the well, it was kind of Ironcrad in Alfheim online. Yes, that's uh, it. Alfheim. Yeah, Alfheim. Um, and uh, the uh, Mother yes, Rosario storyline. That's right. Yeah, and then we've had a, a latest series which has gone into Underworld. Um, well, yeah, there was Alicization. Well, Alicization, Al- which is in Underworld. As, as and then the game is, yes, and yeah. then we're then now started just started War of Underworld at Sword Art Alicization Alicization War of Underworld it's yeah. about four episodes in yeah, as we yeah, speak yeah. here today so I haven't watched any of that because I'm got to store it up yeah so uh, the premise of Sword Art Online for those of you who don't know is now again we're, we're touching on something that we have this is the show about. that we were talking about earlier when yeah, Fluffy we, we was saying like Horizon yeah. yeah this is an MMORPG yeah uh, so uh, people trapped inside a video game so uh, to begin with you know there's there's not much to it uh, you know 
guy puts on a kind of uh, VR headset plugs himself into the game and boom there he is and uh, you know he's, he's having a bit of fun you know well, it's he's, he's meeting new people it's not uh, what is it Nerve Gear is Nerve Gear with, yes yeah, um, yeah. So which it's... is VR but plugs directly into your brain yeah so that you can feel pain you can feel you can taste things yes yeah. um so there's a, a much deeper level than we would understand from our yeah, basic VR, and obviously that then plays into the the, the plot. Yeah, of the it film. Uh, it hits into your sensory uh, system, and and basically, yeah, everything that you feel, everything you smell, see, etc., is is as though it's real for you. So to begin with, we are met with a guy called Kirito and he becomes our protagonist pretty much for, for most of the series I'd say I mean there are other characters that kind of come and go but uh, yeah he's pretty much our, our swordsman. the Black Swordsman and he goes in there and meets a couple of people and shows somebody uh, how to fight in the game and just as he's kind of logging out he's trying to log out there's no logout button and it becomes apparent that everybody who's just logged into the game is now trapped. And then somebody makes a big announcement and basically says, yep, until you clear uh, the final boss on the final floor... Is it 100 levels? 100 levels. Yeah. Um, until that happens, you're not leaving. If you die in the game, you die in real life. If you try and... If somebody in the real world tries to take you out of the game, you will die in real life. There's basically a microwave... Uh, chip or something in the back of the headset mm -hmm. that will fry your brain if you try and leave. Um, and so it becomes pretty, pretty evident right from the get-go that this is serious. Yeah, exactly. it's not. You know, it's not that, a game anymore. Yeah. This is this is real life. If you get hurt in the game, you get hurt yeah. in real life. And again, that's due to, like you say, that's why it's necessary to explain that the nerve gear plugs directly in, yeah. so it has it can control your brain function and therefore can control your physical functionality yeah so straight away uh kirito begins to kind of build a friendship base with in different individuals um is it asana asana yeah so he, he i mean he understands the seriousness of the situation but he kind of finds the time to enjoy the experience as well which uh, rubs Asana the, the wrong way a little bit. Mm. She, she, you know, she's part of a, a big guild of people, and she just sees him sleeping in a field one day. And it's like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? He's like, well, it's a beautiful day. Mm. She's like, but you know, come on, this is this is serious. And then kind of understands his viewpoint, mm. like not necessarily everything. Well, that's an, an, and again, it, it becomes apparent because it's it's the, the, the amount of time. What is it? Two years or something that passes mm -hmm. in the first. Well, it's not the first season, as we said, because they're, they're, they're out of Sword Art by... Well, spoilers. They get out. Um, well, some of them do. Ah, oh, Pete, you've spoiled um, Some of them do. Um, yeah, some of them do. But, yeah, but so they're out before the end of the season, but we have passed years mm -hmm. of actual time. Mm -hmm. It's just that those years have been spent within a game. Yeah. And I think it's established that the Sword Art players are all in hospital or something on drips yeah. because they can't eat or drink or anything because they can't get out of the game to physically imbibe fluid and Correct. eat food. Um, however, it becomes apparent uh, as things progress that there is a, a timeline for them to be able to be hooked up to machines and being kept alive. At some point, uh, the body's going to shut down. They yeah, can't, exactly. you know, it, it's you not like being in a coma. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going to happen forever. But... While this is all, you know, that while 
trying to fight for their lives in this. Yeah, he falls in love with Asuna. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, finally, giving it away. But yeah, finally, once they're out of the game, uh, not everybody makes it out, no. as we suddenly realise. Um, so now it's up to Kirito to then rescue Asuna from another game, which has kind of been taken from uh, Sword Art Online. It's kind of been Yeah, Sword Art up. gets uh, yeah, shut down, gets, doesn't it? And then someone and recreates it yeah. to be what it should have been in the first place which is an MMORPG that you can complete with your mates yeah so they've re- removed all of the kind of you know the security issues and, and things like that um, so he now goes into Alfheim online to try and find Asuna because he suddenly gets given uh, a picture of her appearing in the game so he goes in there manages to convert all of his skills and things from Sword Art where he was like the biggest badass you know uh, he was dual wielder um, you know he showed off his skills on more than one occasion to basically be the most proficient fucking player that the game had Mm -hmm. ever seen so he then goes out and then turns out his own sister or cousin it's a bit of a weird relationship yeah, thing I, in that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it gets a very, very weird. Turns out his sister, we'll call her his sister, uh, is also playing the same game. So he runs into her and she kind of teaches him the tropes of the, the game that he's playing. And while he goes on this mission to try and rescue and, and find Asana. Um, and this is a game where he can't be killed, but he takes it just as seriously mm. as though it was sorted out online. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there's some pretty emotional episodes in here. Um, uh, you know, again, without spoiling too much, you know, him reconnecting with Asana. There's some touch and go stuff in this one. I think we both agree. There's some. Again, this is kind of that weird. Oh, okay. There's some naked females here, and let's do a bit of well, weird bondage. The only bit that sticks out for me yeah. is the end of season three, Alicization. That's the bit. I I don't have lots of memories of gratuitous unnecessary nudity in previous series yeah. but maybe I'm just not remembering well I, th- I, I think the, the one of the guys um, the, the guy that's basically got control of Alfheim and Line and who's keeping Asuna prisoner oh Christ yes yes no you're really absolutely right he's a guy. sleazy I mean he's like twat, you know while he? she's in a coma he's like sniffing her hair yeah, and saying no, oh, we're right. going to be married even though she's in a you're coma right. it's yeah. all a very bit it's, it's yeah. all a bit just because there's not unnecessary nudity doesn't mean there's sleazeball assholes in um yeah, I mean, so season two is uh, Gungale, yeah. isn't it? Gungale, um, which is a gun game, a shooting game, first-person shooter. So Carito's uh, not really sure if it's for him. Mm-hmm. I can't remember why he goes into it. Is uh, it that there's something going on and yeah, they call him in? Because that's yeah. what it sort of becomes, isn't it? Yeah. That Carito's the go-to guy yeah. when something's going wrong in an MMO. Yeah, so... It's like, call Carito, he can come and help us. <laughs> yeah, so Carito gets uh, kind of pulled into Gungale Online because um, somebody gets killed in-game. So they that's see right. they see somebody shooting a gun at a, a video screen and then the character dies in the game and just disappears. And it turns out they've been killed in real life. Mm. So... It all spins back to a cult that was in Sword Art Online. A bunch of people who knew that anybody that they killed would be killed in real life. Mm. And they didn't care. They were a a cult called Laughing Coffin. That's right. And they were going around killing people. Yes, because that's that's the other thing the first series explores, is that there's people who are very happy to be in a scenario where they can murder people essentially they don't care they will kill people instead of just the baddies that's why Kirito gets pulled into Gungale online that's right but he 
he chooses a sword. Doesn't yeah, he? it's like a lightsaber, I think, yeah. isn't it? Like uh, a... Uh, in a gun game, he chooses a light sword. Yeah, and it sounds suspiciously like a lightsaber. It's obviously incredibly good with it, and then manages to whoop everyone's ass anyway, just because he's that fucking good. Um, the character, what's the scene oh, on? Is that the the female that yeah. he meets in it? Yeah. Who's who's? Because that's the sort of his way in, isn't it? Yeah. She's the girl who knows what's going on. Yeah. And sort of teaches him the ropes. Yeah, suffering from PTSD as well. That's right. Which again, interesting theme uh, that it deals with. Um, now the end of series two, um, if I remember rightly, touches on is is that the bit where we we look at the terminally ill. Patience. Yes, the Mother Rosario storyline. That's right. Yeah. Which uh, I that totally took me by surprise mm. when we got to the end of series two because you're watching Gun Gale and you're thinking, yeah, this is you know it's sword art but with guns. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. It looks awesome. We'll try not to give too much away because we don't want to <laughs> want to ruin all of the series for you. So we do encourage quite, you to watch yeah. it, which is why we're not going to give a bunch of the yeah. yeah. Go and catch up to date. It's yeah. worth it. Again on a particular streaming site, so, yeah. <clears throat> Netflix. Yeah. Um. So the that that bit of season two really got me, and I I think is 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 a cracking piece of of TV um, because it just totally changes the focus and the themes of the show for a few episodes, and we just go and look at what what something what technology like this would mean to a, a terminally ill patient, a, a disabled patient, as you mentioned with Lock Horizon and someone being in a wheelchair. Um, it also makes me think, I know you haven't seen Black Mirror, but there's an episode called San Junipero uh, where a terminally ill person is in a VR world that's in the 80s mm. and she meets another uh, another girl comes into this place who isn't ill and they fall in love um, and they discover that you know, they, they, they discover as it goes on that, that yes, one of them is dying and the yeah. other one isn't, but they're in love and what do they do? And they can only be together in this virtual space. So it calls up very uh, some interesting questions there, I feel. Um, and then season three... Yeah, is Alicization. Yeah, it is, it? is Alicization. So the latest series, which is... Uh, gets a gets a bit weird. Uh, not going to lie, uh, the Soul Translator, uh, as, as they kind of, it, it gets a bit bit deep in places. Does, they, yeah. they talk about things. Essentially, this is now uh, another version of that environment uh, called Underworld, where time moves considerably uh, faster in this environment than it does in in the real world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for every minute that passes by in the real world, it could be six months inside the game. Yeah. So, you know, Kirito's gone in there, um, but the the only thing is, is that his memory is gone. He does not have any recollection of anything that happens in the real world. Um, and then, so he, he goes into the game, does kind of a bit of a demo, goes back to the real world, talks about the game, and then is attacked by one of the cult members of Laughing Coffin again. Mm-hmm. And the only way to save him is to put him inside the game. Mm-hmm. So that's where he goes back. And that's kind of where... The latest series now. It, it again. The latest series has been a bit bonkers. Uh, there's some. Yeah, I, I like. I, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah. I was so on board with it. To start with. I was so ready because we had. I think Ordinal Scale, which yeah. is the film, came yes. out in between Correct. two and three, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I'd had a little fill from that, yeah. and I really enjoyed that. And I was so excited for Alicization, and it's the ending <laughs> that pissed me off. And I know we've discussed this off pod, but obviously we're on pod now, so yeah. we're going to discuss it again. But the the big battle 
the big battle at the end um, for some fucking reason because this is Japan and anime and they're really weird with sexuality the big boss is female at the end fine, no problem with that but for some reason, for what is it, two or three episodes of the big boss yeah, fight happens. Yeah, two episodes. Yeah, she's completely fucking naked. Starkers, yeah. And her hair, her long purple hair, just impossibly manages to cover her nipples and her fanny. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, guys, what are you doing? Why? Why is she naked? Yeah. Please don't. Yeah. Because it's that kind of shit that when your girlfriend walks in and you're watching it, you're like, this this isn't what it looks like. <laughs> it totally is what it fucking looks like, but it isn't what it looks like. Um, and I know you... Um, I mean, I, I kind of have a problem with it. Yeah. But I'm not upset that they tried to do something with it. Sure. But there's there's sort of a rape storyline in the background oh, from I swore, yeah, it some was... guys... I, I appreciate them trying to do it. Yeah. I do not think they got it right. No, they did not. At I all. don't think it was. Or, it was a pretty harrowing they, episode yeah. to watch. Not gonna yeah. lie, it was uncomfortable. Really I, uncomfortable. I to feel watch. like they were verging on glamorizing or normalizing mm. the behavior yeah. that that character, that the male character was was portraying. Yeah. And that's a very dangerous thing. Yeah, I mean, I know it's... Okay, it's in a video game, and it's not real. I know that, uh, and I understand that, but even still, on screen, it was not the, the easiest... It wasn't pleasant. And I mean, it's, let's be fair to anyone listening, it's, it's not gratuitous in any way. No. But it's you, the perceived... you see enough, you hear enough, it's... You know, I would almost compare it to the, the, the tunnel sequence in Irreversible to take it back to Gaspar Noé, um, as we discussed the other week. Um, that sequence is horrible to watch. You see no nudity whatsoever in that sequence, uh, in Irreversible, but you, but there is essentially, there is anal rape happening on the screen in front of you, um, and it's horrific. What's actually worse about that sequence is when someone walks across the back of the shot, sees what's going on, and walks away again. Mm. That's what's worse. But it, I would compare it to that because it's that level of this decrepitness yeah. almost. I, but I, must emphasize that that is kind of once very very oh, yeah, small it's, it's fraction dealt with in one episode. Without you know the the, the majority of this show, I would hold up. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But, There's at least two and a. But there's like two and a half, nearly three seasons worth of good shit there. Oh yeah, most definitely. Like I say, I just put some clothes on the fucking boss at yeah. the end. There's yeah. no need for her to be totally naked. No. And as that the whole rape thing was in there, I it, like you say, it's one episode mm. and I don't really think it makes a huge difference. No, it's I no. I would rather you not do that sequence and imply that behaviour. Yeah. Imply the behaviour yeah. from that character so that he can yeah. get his comeuppance. Yeah. I don't think you needed to try and show us it no. because, like I say, I feel they actually took it almost to glamorization or normalisation yeah. of the behaviour. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it is continuing as far as I'm aware. Uh, you know, yeah, like we say, War of Underworld for... is on at the minute. Yeah. Um, I know there's still... I, I assume there's still manga out there as for far as it. I'm aware there is. Um, I mean, so I mean, things like uh, Ordinal Scale was original, wasn't it? Yeah. That was not based on, on no. any of the manga stuff. No. It was an original thing they came up with. Because but... this has been by 
by far one of, if not the most popular anime that's that's come out. To be honest, uh, it's it's mainly because it's been westernized as well. Because obviously that always increases the number of people that are watching it. So that's that's been a huge plus. Uh, so to take away a couple of things, I mean the theme tunes for each of these series. I know that Lisa? we. We uh, yeah, Lisa. We, we we listened to this on a loop. I remember one day where we were helping you out on a job, me and Baggy. And... Yeah, you're really not doing the, the song any justice. I know. I used to be able to sing it. Yeah, I know. Because I used to have the Japanese subtitles up yeah, on the screen I as I was. Yeah, we used to try it. that. We used to try that. Um, I could sing it. But yeah, so I mean, I'd, I'd wholeheartedly Crossing encourage field. you to this. That's what it's called. That Crossing field. That's the first series. I'd wholeheartedly encourage you to watch it again. It's on one of the uh, popular streaming sites um, but what is also interesting I'm not sure whether you were aware of this mm-hmm. but it is actually being turned into a live action series I had well no, okay interesting I'd, I'd heard it was being turned into a live action or they were doing a live action film so. live action series uh, that, that would believe. be far better because yeah. when I heard film I was like what you're going to no, do no, no. the entire of the first season in one thing cover three years nah no. uh, you as ain't going to do aware, it justice uh, it is a live action series now I don't know much more on the details I think they're, they're kind of waiting for a little bit of time before that, but it is being worked on by the original creator, so interesting. That's good, good. Well, yeah, I haven't really got more much more to say on that. Um, I uh, yeah, I love the theme tunes, I wish I could remember the rest. But Crossing Field by Lisa, that that was always my favorite. I fucking love that song. In fact, I'm gonna go and listen to it when we're finished recording this. Um, but yeah, I haven't really got a huge amount more to say. Uh, I think we've covered everything. I again, Sword Art is not what it appears or you may think it is on the surface mm. there is depth to it there mm. is subtext mm-hmm. it deals with some, as you say PTSD it deals with terminal illness it deals with disability at times not always but I like that it does that I like that it tries to look at other ways mm-hmm. that this could go and for the third season's quibbles mm. shall we say yeah I still, I still think it's an exceptional show. Yeah, yeah, most That's definitely. why, for me, it's definitely top of my list. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, we will call it at that then. So, uh, thank you very much for joining us, everyone. Thank you. As usual, you can email at screenmasters at biteback.media, that's B-Y-T-E, dot co dot U-K, or you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the screenmasters, all as one word, and send us a message. Uh, look at the pinned note at the top of that page for all the links to all the places you can find us. And we shall see you for the next one. I have been Bav. I have been Fluff. And this has been Screenmasters. Cool.